Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Attorney General Josh Shapiro. Great to be back with you, Sue. I'm great. How are you? I am well, and I want to get right into it. We'll start with the veterans first, of course, because you were out and about um, doing some programs with veterans in northeastern Pennsylvania on Friday. And some of this outreach has to do with veterans' issues involving addiction. That's. And I was in. Um, I was in a number of counties in in Naples, Wyoming, and Susquehanna, Bradford, and Sullivan. Uh, I wanted to spend some time with vets. I mean, we work for vets every single day, not just on Veterans Day, um, but they have particular needs uh, that are unique to their community. Uh, they oftentimes, don't have help when it comes to substance abuse. Uh, veterans are twice as likely to die from an accidental opioid overdose than non-veterans. And this is a stunning statistic. The number of vets with opioid use disorder has actually increased by 55% since 2010. So we spend a lot of time, obviously, working on the heroin and opioid crisis, but specifically working on the issues that veterans are facing, connecting them with services that they need, providing them the assistance they need. There's other areas as well, whether it's scams uh, targeting veterans, which is on the uh, and, you know, an uptick there that we're focused on as well. But I was really, you know, specifically looking at the uh, the opioid issue in my discussions with them uh, last week. Do you have any uh, information, Josh, as to why there might be this kind of a spike among the veteran community? Well, first off, the VA um, historically over-prescribed opioids. Now, they've since begun to change their practices, but you have a number of people who got addicted. Number two, you've got a lot of veterans who are in pain, right? They need uh, medication. They need support to deal with that pain. Um, and for a long time, alternatives were not available. And then third, it's hard to quantify this, but I, I think anyone listening would, would recognize it. You know, veterans are a prideful group, and they, they don't want to ask for help, and they don't want to acknowledge that they have a challenge. And that's not a criticism or insult. It's because, uh, uh, you know, of their... Um, training and, and their, you know, resilience and their strength of character. And so part of what I also want to accomplish is by letting them know that, look, it's okay to ask for help, and we're here, and we're going to get you the help that you need, um, you know, and, and we want to work with you. We want to make sure that you have alternative alternatives to opioids. We want to make sure you know that there's support groups available. We want to make sure that you know there's doctors available who are going to understand your pain a little bit better and, and deal with it more responsibly. In a story uh, written outside of our area today in the Harrisburg Patriot, they kick off a series of looking at the addicted places of Pennsylvania by visiting Luzerne County. And I think that we both know that Luzerne County proper has really been ravaged by this uh, particular addiction issue. And I know you do spend a lot of time here, Josh. How, how, how do you think that uh, the strategic plan amongst the, uh, the powers that be here is, is coming together to combat this. And we all understand this might get worse before it gets better. 
Yeah. I do spend a lot of time in Luzerne County and, and throughout northeastern PA. And I mean, look, we had 140 overdose deaths uh, that we're aware of in Luzerne County last year, 2016. That was a 47% increase from the year before, from 2015. Um, when you look across Pennsylvania, um, the rural parts of Luzerne County, rural parts of Pennsylvania, proportionally speaking, are the hardest hit. And so you need unique uh, and, and, you know, laser beam focused on these communities in order to uh, best address it. I think what is clear and what I talk about every day and what we practice in the AG's office is you need a multidisciplinary approach. So we go out and we arrest the drug dealers and we've made a significant number of arrests in Luzerne County. You also need to arrest doctors and others who are diverting legal prescriptions for illegal use. Um, but then you also have to make sure that you look at the supply chain here. And I think for so many people, the supply chain starts with a pharmaceutical drug, an Oxy or a Percocet. And so we are leading a massive multi-state investigation into the pharmaceutical industry that have been dispensing these opioids throughout rural Pennsylvania and all across the country. And then you also need to focus on getting treatment available for people. And on the, the last point, that's where I coordinate closely with county officials, with state officials and others to make sure that, you know, we're arresting the people that need to be arrested, like the dealers and those who are violent, but we're helping get people into treatment who need it most. Last week, uh, you also did something out in Allegheny County that uh, your office says is uh, a first. You and uh, your uh, staff actually seized an enormous amount of Carfentanil, and I know carfentanil in, in minuscule quantities can be so deadly, but uh, yeah. $750,000 is uh, what, what happened here last week. Can you talk a little bit about that for people who might not be familiar with what that is? Yeah, it was the first known seizure of carfentanil um, here in Pennsylvania, and it was in Allegheny County where Pittsburgh is. Uh, it involved a number of municipalities within that county, uh, including the city of Pittsburgh and places like Braddock, North Braddock, and others. Um, Carfentanil is, you know, thousands of times more potent than heroin. Um, it is quite literally an elephant tranquilizer. That's what it's used for when used properly. Uh, and that is now making its way into the stream of illegal commerce, and people are buying it. Uh, and it is unbelievably potent and dangerous, and we're going to do everything we can to get it off the streets in western Pennsylvania, northeastern Pennsylvania, and all across our commonwealth. It's it, it doesn't take much to kill somebody with this car fentanyl. Do you have just, um it just would, a minuscule yeah. amount? In, in minuscule fact, amount. even your first responders when they when they come in contact with it, they have to be careful that they're not hurt or killed, right? Right. I mean, we actually we had a, a bust recently of just a massive bust of fentanyl and heroin in Philadelphia, and we had one of our agents came in contact with this poison and actually had to be uh, given administered Narcan or Naloxone uh, because uh, he came in contact with it, along with some Philadelphia police officers uh, as well. This is incredibly dangerous for our first responders and for law enforcement. And so, obviously, we want to make sure that they've taken care of themselves. They all have Narcan, Naloxone on them, uh, and we stress every day the proper way to handle this kind of poison and the proper way to conduct themselves out of the field. It's incredibly dangerous. 
Where does it come from, though? A lot of people say that uh, it's because of the quantities. It, it literally can be shipped from anywhere. Is it coming from outside the country? Is it being manufactured in laboratories inside the United States? Do you have a handle on that? A lot of it's coming from outside the United States, places like China and Mexico. Um, some of it comes across the border, and we certainly need border security in order to shut that down. A lot of it is coming across the uh, dark web, uh, the you know the uh, internet internet based sales, and so we work closely with our federal and state partners to try and combat all of that. Okay, and are you having any success in finding um, the sources? And I'm sure they could be coming from everywhere, and it's quite difficult. We we are. I mean, look, we've uh, you know significantly increased the number of dealers we've arrested. Uh, we've arrested over a thousand drug dealers since I took office in January. That averages out to over three and a half drug dealers a day every single day I've been in office. Um, and while you know we're we're working hard to get ahead of it, there's still a lot out there, and we're going to remain vigilant and do everything we can. It's why I'm the first one to say, even though it's my job to go out and arrest people, I'm the first one to say that that alone is not going to fully address this crisis. That you need all of those other things we discussed before in order to combat it fully. All right. And also, your office was involved recently in Lackawanna County with the arrest of a doctor. And uh, the, a lot of people were taken aback by this. I must say that uh, this was actually the doctor of one of my family members wow. and uh, and some friends of mine as well. And by all accounts, uh, was, was a good and conscientious doctor. Do you know the circumstances around what, what happened here that led your uh, staff to press these charges against this individual? Well, look, this doctor is one example um, of what I talked about before, a focus of my administration on making diversion arrests. Diversion is where you take a legal prescription drug like an Oxycontin or a Percocet, and you divert it for illegal use. Uh, a doctor is selling it um, illegally or giving it away for some particular favor. Uh, I'm not going to get into the specifics of this case, but I can tell you that we're seeing this across the Commonwealth, and uh, we have focused on it, and we've got a 50% increase in the number of diversion arrests in the first 10 months of 2017 versus the first 10 months of 2016, nearly 50% increase. And so this is something we take very, very seriously. Now, this is different from doctors, say, over-prescribing or prescribing in a rate that we would, you know, maybe not recommend. And on that, we're working with the medical societies and other training organizations to get doctors to change their practice. That's not what went on here. What went on here was criminal behavior where these drugs were diverted. Okay. Uh, you, you've laid out, Josh, a lot of the stuff that's going on. It seems a very, like a very intense pursuit. Um, and like I mentioned before, I don't think anybody is thinking this will stop anytime soon. But do you believe that the combination of arrests, the treatment, the looking at professionals, do you believe eventually that we're going to turn the corner in the state? Because there, I told the audience before you came on, there's a, a woman who, it says it in her obituary, she was 40, she died in Luzerne County. Her daughter was 16 and died two weeks ago. And when yeah. I hear stuff like that, it's so heartbreaking. When, when do you believe that we'll see a, a little bit of daylight on this? You know, these stories are just, 
they're so tragic and the numbers are so overwhelming. Um, it's why I've made this my top priority, combating the heroin and opioid epidemic. And I try not to get down uh, by hearing these stories. In fact, when moms and dads, you know, and brothers, sisters cry in my arms, I mean, quite literally cry in my arms, telling me about the loved one who was lost from and the dip battle with addiction, um, it actually fuels my efforts. It fuels my team's efforts. It, we work even harder. I guess what I would say to you right now, Sue, is uh, I don't anticipate the numbers changing dramatically in the next year or two in terms of coming down. Uh, but what I do see out there, which gives confidence that as the years go on, we're going we're gonna to defeat this, is a level of awareness, coordination, cooperation, law enforcement working together. Uh, I make it very clear that we've got to coordinate and collaborate with our local, state, and federal partners in order to make these cases. And I think that level of coordination combined with greater emphasis on treatment uh, is going to help us kick this. I would say that, you know, those in Washington, those in Harrisburg, um, they've got to begin to invest some real money into treatment. You know, they can talk all they want about this, but, you know, we're on the front lines working this every day, uh, and they're not making our jobs any easier by, you know, not making available funding or by threatening to cut off funding as they're doing in Washington. And it's time that they, you know, step up and provide some real support for treatment. I think when they do that, we're going to be in a stronger position to be able to combat it. Okay. And finally, we know that uh, medical marijuana is is starting to uh, kick in in these phases in the state of Pennsylvania where doctors can uh, prescribe for those who qualify. Is there any reason to look at marijuana as a potential, um, I don't, alternative to opioid painkillers? Well, there are a number of alternatives that are out there for opioid painkillers right now, and I've been challenging insurance companies to change their practices so that those alternatives are available. There is some medical evidence to suggest that medical marijuana, medicinal cannabis is going to be one of those alternatives. There's also some medical, you know, discussion that it is not. Uh, far be it from me to question the experts on that. If it provides an alternative and it's used responsibly, then um, you know, that's certainly something we'll support. We're going to support as many alternatives as possible uh, to opioid painkillers. Attorney General Josh Shapiro, always great to talk to you. I'm glad that we had uh, this discussion, and thanks for taking so much time today. I appreciate it. Always great to be with you, Sue, and thanks for shining a light on this epidemic. It's something that's touching the lives of all Pennsylvanians, black, white, brown, rich, poor, men, women, you know, in, in NEPA and beyond. And I just appreciate you taking a few minutes to uh, highlight the work we're doing, but most importantly, highlight the issues so that Pennsylvanians can be engaged in this battle with us. All right, thanks so much. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 